At Discount Tire, we know your time is valuable. Get 30% shorter average wait time when you buy and book online. Did you know Discount Tire now sells wiper blades? Check out our current deals at DiscountTire.com or stop in and talk to an associate today. Discount Tire. Let's get you taken care of. Everyone loves TV Dad. On the next TV Dad presented by Progressive, TV Dad explains becoming a man. Son, it's time we had the talk. Okay, TV Dad. You know, drivers who switch and save with Progressive could save hundreds. Oh, is that why my voice is changing? That's a question for your health teacher. (laughs) Listen to your TV dad. Drivers who switch and save with Progressive could save hundreds. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates. Potential savings will vary. better than this guys being dudes here on the draft dudes podcast presented by locked on it's joe marino and kyle Krabs from the draft network and we are your hosts here on this monday edition of the show the moves are going to come in fast and furious kyle and i are here to start talking about what we've already seen come down the pipeline and, and kyle i need to tell you i fixed my curate welcome you fixed it yeah so you didn't buy a new one you fixed the one you've got so I looked up the cost of a Keurig, and it really inspired me to try to figure uh, My yes. mother got this puppy for me for Christmas about 10 years ago. I didn't know how much it cost. I never purchased one. And so I'm thinking, ah, what is this, 50 bucks? You know, I'm not going to mess with this. I go buy a new one. No, brother, they're not 50 times bucks. That, right? Fit three times that? Well, if, certainly if you want to take the opportunity to upgrade nice it. you want to get. Right. So... You know, I did a little, uh, you know, a little Kyle Krabs uh, recommendation, YouTube some stuff, you know, see what you can figure out. There you go. Look at that. Yeah. And so I'm I, super uh, proud of you, man. Listen, it was it was flashing lights and I went through and I started pulling some stuff apart, cleaning out the filters and and your, your boy's been drinking some of the freshest coffee he's had in a long time. Did did you use like the, the clothespin to reach uh, up in there and knock the. um? the coffee grinds out of the, the, the water spout. That was, I use a paperclip for that, but the other part was where it sucks the water from the tank. Yeah. Uh, that filter in that, um, mechanism there, you know, had a little, little something to deal with. So we, we dealt with it. Oh, nice. M- must've been the eco line, the water down there, brother. <laughs> well, <laughs> <laughs> we're alive. If and you, well. If you didn't listen last week, Joe, Joe, Joe's community, uh, had an eco light scenario on his hand so he calls me five minutes before we're starting the podcast hey i'm on my way to go get water i need water yeah so you know look everything's back correct except for obviously the the coronavirus is out there but the the minor uh, issues that i've been dealing with at home are dealt with i still don't have a bucket but um that's i'm sorry to hear that all right so listen brother ryan Tannehill back with the tennessee titans on a a new deal with uh, $91 million in total guarantees and $62 million in fully guaranteed money. Four-year deal for Ryan Tannehill after coming and saving the season for the Titans. Interesting deal. 31 years old. We know who he is from his time with Miami. Uh, what is your n- initial reaction to Tennessee oh, committing to Tannehill? You're going to give me the floor here? Well, I mean, I have a lot of thoughts, and I think I think I've – 
I've cooled on some of them since this initially came through, but I wanted you to have the opportunity to uh, bash this if you want to. Well, I would say this. I know Tennessee fans are very excited. And you they, should be. they are. They you are. had an appearance in the AFC Championship game after you started your season, what, two and four? So like yep. uh, very reasonable for Titans fans to be excited about what this team can be, what this team was down the stretch. The question I think you have to ask yourself is how sustainable is that model of success? How sustainable is postseason success when you literally ask Ryan Tannehill to throw the ball 50, or 30 times in two games, in two wins, in the postseason? He threw for 160 yards in two postseason games combined. And I understand, you know, defense wins championships and run the football and clock control and da 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 But that's not really the way the game's trending these days. And now you're looking at Jack Conklin potentially leaving in free agency. You're going to franchise tag Derrick Henry now because we got till noon today in the next couple hours to get that done. I, I'd imagine that's something that's going to get done. Uh, you're going off of a seven-year sample size. 10 games worth. And you're paying that man how much money in guarantees, Joe? 62 fully guaranteed. And then it's an additional year's worth of salary is guaranteed with some stipulation in year three, yeah. I believe. Is yeah, that so correct? it can be, could be 91 if they keep him for year three. Okay. Um, good luck. Uh, I, I really think Tennessee now is going to be in a place where they are hoping they are the zag when everyone is zigging and they have to hope that formula works long-term. And if it does, they'll look like geniuses, but if not, okay, you're going to run the ball. You're going to be very play action heavy and it worked for Tennessee this past year, but how much of that is outlier versus how much of that is sustainable year over year success. That's my big question with this deal. So, yeah, I think that's a reasonable question for, for me. I started to really look at this thing and I think we can all agree that Ryan Tannehill is one of the best 32 quarterbacks in the world, right? He deserves sure. to be a starting quarterback and they're paying him pretty handsomely. But at the end of the day, it's kind of a two year deal. If this is trending the way we think it will. And, and really Tannehill is in a lot of ways, quarterback purgatory, they don't have to keep him beyond two years. So they were going to do something to bring him back for this year. And in order to do that, they had to lock in the following year and they have at least one of the top 32 quarterbacks in the world to, to be their signal caller and they can rely on, on running the football, which has been their formula and, and good defense. And they think that Tannehill could be the guy that compliments them and gives them a chance. And so I think maybe you look at this and say, well, there's no real high level upgrades for us to get out there. We're comfortable with what he can do in terms of complementing our formula and this just kind of is what it is. And worst case scenario, in two years, we're out of this thing. I don't think it's necessarily the move that says, you know what? This takes us from, you know, uh, a, a team that we expect to get to the playoffs to a team that we expect to win the AFC, but it might be their best chance. So interesting, but the remainder of teams going to have to be strong in Tennessee because he's not going to be able to, you know, mask tons of issues on the team. All right, Kyle, what do you think about this deal for Calais Campbell? A fifth-round pick is all it took for the Baltimore Ravens to land one of the best defensive linemen in the game. Uh, Eric DaCosta flipped two fifth-round picks this year into Marcus Peters and now Calais Campbell. Yeah, this is uh, 
we talk about life cycles of teams and where the Ravens are as a team. And I, I know there's fans of lots of other teams that say, well, shoot, why didn't we trade for Calais Campbell for a fifth round pick? We probably would have given up our fourth round pick for him. And <laughs> while that's, it's true. And Calais Campbell's worth more to a lot of teams than a fifth round pick. Uh, Baltimore is one of those teams that they check a lot of the boxes from really talented defense or really talented roster in general. They're losing heavy hitters in the front seven. So they need some cheap invigoration of talent on the defensive side of the football. They have a quarterback that's on a rookie contract. So they perceive themselves to be in the win now window. This is where it makes sense for teams to push the chips in, take on talented players for cheap relative to what you're trading to get them, manipulate the cap over the next few years, and then when it comes time to rework Lamar Jackson's contract, you'll probably have that following year, and then you're going to have to break down the rest of the roster. So uh, I think from a, a team life cycle perspective, this is a really great example of a team that was – Really, really good this past year. They're competitive. They're expecting to compete to win a championship. They've got the quarterback and the rookie deal. It doesn't make sense for rebuilding teams to do this. And it's like, well, we need that. We could have used that talented player. And you're right. You could have. But it's not. It's a matter of right place, wrong time for a lot of teams. Baltimore is a right place, right time scenario. And a great fit for Campbell in Baltimore, too. I, I think he's really going to fit in well there as they – um as they look to push all the way in this next year. Yeah, he's going to be a monster for them. I guess this is kind of the most interesting piece of this discussion for me, and it's been on my mind since this deal went through. And and maybe you know the answer to this, and if you do, I'd love your insight, but if not, I just want to speculate. So much of the reaction to this has been, oh my God, a fifth-round pick. My team would have given up a four, kind of like you mentioned as, as part of the opening part of your reaction to this. How do you think this stuff goes down? Is this a deal where... Ravens kind of have some foresight here. Everyone kind of knew that Calais Campbell was a potential trade option. You know, Dave Dave Caldwell calls up uh, uh, Eric DeCosta, or Eric DeCosta calls up Dave Caldwell and says, hey, listen, let me get this guy off your hands. Here's a fifth-round pick. And Caldwell says, send in the paperwork. It's done. Or do you think it's one of those deals where Dave Caldwell's like, you know what? All right, we got the five here from Baltimore. Got a group text with all 32 GMs. It's it, you put a, some feelers out there, say, hey, anyone want to give me a four for Campbell? You see who bites? I mean, how, do, how does something like this go through? Because I know there's a lot of fan bases out there that are thinking, geez, man, I wish my team would have given up a four for Campbell. I think it's. I don't <laughs> think that Jack, happen, man. I don't think Jacksonville was too greedy, if that makes sense. I but, think Jacksonville's just looking to get they're in a position where they're just trying to offload the cap. So Calais Campbell, that was something I wrote in early February. Campbell was a home run potential trade candidate as a veteran player because he's in the last year of his contract. You're not going to get a comp pick for him because he's been tenured in the NFL 12 years already. Just flip him. Get something for him. And I think the fact that he's an expiring contract really watered down that value for some teams. And then it becomes a who that is going all in is willing to give up a pick this year for a player that they will run the risk of losing if they don't extend. And then you extend them at your own risk. And Baltimore's already got the extension mm-hmm. done. I believe it's two years, 27 million. So yeah. Yeah. 
All right. Well, that's, I always thought, I think it's so interesting. I'm like, how does that, how does this actually happen? All right. We have other stuff to get to Kyle. Um, how about, well, we gotta, you know, we the, gotta the get Colts. this Leonard Williams thing. Let's get the Leonard oh. Williams thing that just dropped. So because they're going to apply the tag to Leonard Williams, right? Which then upgrades and escalates the second draft selection that they traded in the deal from a fifth to a fourth. So this actually has more than one level of impact for, for both teams. I wrote a piece uh, Sunday about the 2017 fifth year options and what teams should do. And, and, Part of looking into that was understanding that Dave Gettleman has a decision to make on Jabril Peppers. And Jabril Peppers has been okay, right? He's not a star safety, but he's been okay. He had an injury last year, uh, showed some signs of improvement. But I was thinking to myself, what if Dave Gettleman goes out and gets Leonard Williams and Jabril Peppers for this defense, and they both walk and he doesn't bring them back? Is this more of a like save the black eye type move to you? I think it has to be. Because you you lit you literally cannot do this trade if you're gonna let him walk. It's always the expectation. You're gonna trade for a guy on a contract year as a losing football team and let him walk away. You can't do that. So I think that is just as much saving his own ass in this regard as it is anything <laughs> else. Because, I mean, this would have been – it's an inexcusable deal either way, but now it looks even worse because you went all the way to the deadline. Yeah. The tag deadline is in three hours and 39 minutes. And now you're going to put the tag on, and you're going to cost yourself a three and a four for a guy that was going to walk. The guy that doesn't make an impact in the pass rush when you've already got a ton of depth at defensive tackle. Always going to be a head-scratcher, and the fact that – the expectation given what they gave up to land Williams in a contract year was that they had to bring him back for this to make sense for them to be up against this with a tag situation. Now they can agree to a long-term extension and it would make sense. But again, it's just the, the questions about resource allocation and all those types of things really come into play here with, with this Leonard Williams deal. Franchise tag coming up as we speak, Joe Bucks franchise tagging Shaq Barrett official. Well, I think that's one of the the implications of the new CBA is that you can only tag one guy. And I know that the the Bucks had a couple of different free agents that that could have went to. Uh, but it makes sense for Shaq because we, we talked about him last week and it was like, you know what? He was awesome last year. There's no question about it. But also that was kind of a season where it didn't make a lot of sense based on the player he's been throughout his career. Always a pretty good complimentary player. Uh, valuable in terms of his pass rush skill set you always saw the potential there but I don't think you can pay him for over an extended period of time for what he did in 2019 alone and so giving him a bunch of money up front this year and giving your chance to really evaluate who he is for the long term makes a lot more sense than giving him a hundred million dollar contract like I'm sure he's seeking to get paid off of 2019 what else you got I mean, there's the, Anthony Costanzo's back to the Colts, th- two years, $33 million. That was a big one. Uh, that would have given them a big hole at left tackle. And, um, you know, Braden Smith's doing a fine job at right tackle. But, you know, there were some rumblings about him and potentially retiring. I think that's a big get for him to be back 
um, with the Colts. And then, you know, Bradley Roby, look at this guy, goes out, bets on yeah. himself, one-year $10 million deal with Houston. Well, now he's a three-year $36 million, million contract. And that defense sucked last year. Like, the Texans were horrible on defense. And it was interesting because you, you don't necessarily look at it from a talent perspective and say, wow, they got a bunch of bad players. It makes sense, sense that this is defense is the worst in the league. Uh, but I think, you know, one of those deals where the individual parts are better than the whole. And, and I think, you know, if I'm not mistaken, Cr- Romeo Cornell's out, right? A defensive coordinator for the Texans. They have somebody different in the, the mix. I hope so. Um, and I think that Roby's a guy that can be a meaningful player for them. Correct. Anthony Weaver's the defensive coordinator. Okay. I was like, <laughs> I didn't want to say that out of turns, but <laughs> I mean, I did a bunch of work on that Texans defense because the bills played him in the playoffs and, and I'm like, yo, Romeo's lost it, man. And All right. <laughs> so let me ask you this. Bradley Roby's commanding $12 million a year on yep. average yep. annual average salary. What does that say for some of these other names? What does this say for James Bradbury? What does this say for Byron Jones? I mean, Byron's going to get paid unbelievable yeah. dollars but 18 19 20 is, maybe is i mean guys like logan ryan right like Lo- logan ryan i think was close nine nine or ten million average per year with his last contract well i think bradbury is going to be in the 15 range i think jones is going to push 20 um and man it's just really the more that I've just think about roster construction in the NFL and just how expensive it is for players, it really, it really kind of goes back to like the thoughts that I've been having a lot recently with the goal isn't to get a bunch of pro bowlers. The the goal is to build a balanced team. And you really have to think about the way that you spend because I mean, cornerbacks are valuable, but you can't pay like two or three of them this kind of money. So it makes me really think about teams like, the Giants, Redskins, Lions at the top of the draft. And if they have a chance to move back and get an opportunity to land a bunch of talented football players instead of just one, yeah, you know, you really have to think about it. All right, Joe. I, uh, I want to ask you a question. Okay. Take all of the non-football components out of the picture. Okay? Yes. You with me so far? So far, because that's all I have. Okay, that's good. (laughs) Tom Brady. Yeah. It's been reported that he is down to, I believe as Chris Sims said it yesterday, he's down to two teams, New England and Tampa Bay. Take all of the non-football, so all the emotional components out of Tampa versus New England. Okay, so forget the fact that Tom's been there 20 years. He's won six Super Bowls. The whole blah, blah, blah. We get it. Oh, we've seen all the, the paintings and pictures for NFL 100 with him wearing more rings than he could fit on one freaking hand. We get it. Which one of these two is a better option? Well, TB and TB, brother. You know, I mean, I think Brady's looking to get some, some money here, right? That's something that has been a big piece of this new opportunity. He's made some concessions for a long time. Tampa has the cap space. Tampa is Florida, not the Northeast. Uh, Tampa has no state income tax, if I'm not mistaken, for the state of Florida. That's correct. Uh, you know, I mean, taking the football side, I mean, that's not talking about the rosters or anything like that. I mean, those are the 
the non-football things that, I mean, are certainly in the favor of the Buccaneers. Now, from a football perspective, which is the better option? This is where I still go Tampa, Kyle, and I know that might, might sound crazy, but look at this offense, man. Chris Godwin, Mike Evans, Cameron Brait, O.J. Howard. You walk into that in the passing game. Now, they need to get a right tackle, right? They got to upgrade that position, maybe a little more depth on the interior. But they have $80 million in cap space. I mean, that was before the Barrett deal. They have the 14th pick in the draft. They can go get some upgrades at right tackle and at running back, two positions that I think are easy to fix. They got a lot of talent, a lot of young talent on that defense. It started to come together last year. You bring Brady back, you don't think that gets Sue back in the building? You don't think that gets JPP back in the building? You've already got Barrett back. You got Devin White at, at linebacker to go with Levante David. And oh, by the way, you've drafted about 10 billion defensive backs over the last couple of years. Eventually, some of those are going to have to be good. Bruce Arians is your friggin' head coach. And you don't have to play in those shit uniforms because they're upgrading them. <laughs> what, what, the what are Here's we missing here? Here's the thing. I agree with you 100%. If you take the sentimental value out of New England, from a roster perspective, from a 2020 draft capitals perspective, from a salary cap perspective, Tampa Bay is far and away a better option for Tom Brady. Better pass catchers. They, Tampa's got earlier draft picks and more draft picks in the top 100. Not total, excuse me, uh, because New England's got two comp picks they got in the third round. So they got a total of four picks and like three of them are after 80. Tampa's got a second round pick in a deep class with really good running backs. Yeah. You mentioned you need need him right tackle and potentially one more interior offensive lineman. It's a great year to need those in free agency. It's a great yeah, year sure to need is. offensive tackles in the NFL draft. Spring so you Tooney start with doing you. the math and you look at New England. Yeah. But New England, they were already strapped for cap, and now they're starting to spend some of their money. You know, they, they're bringing McCordy's back, and I know Slater was a small-time deal, but they got $37 million in cap space right now, Joe. If they That's bring after back the McCordy deal? Yes. They're tight. So if you bring back Tom, you've got, 20, you've got $12 million in cap space. And you're going to lose Van Noy, Danny Shelton, Joe Dooney. You, like, can't even afford to sign Joe Dooney. And you don't have a second-round pick, and you pick 23rd. Jamie Collins, Landon Roberts as well. Amongst others. You don't know how David Andrews' situation. Yeah, you can't bring – come on now. <laughs> if I'm Tom, this is a no-freaking-brainer, man. And you get that chance to go strip yourself from Belichick and get it to a situation where you can look like it is all you, Thomas Brady. Amen. And you get the hell out of the AFC East. <laughs> Please. If and this I know, happens. I, I, know, I know we're skewed because like we're Dolphin, or yeah. Dolphins and Bills fans, so we want to see him leave the AFC East. But literally, we just laid everything out. Mm -hmm. what, what advantage does New England have other than Bill Belichick, who Tom is apparently butting freaking heads with? Seems like that would be easy to do. <laughs> Especially Tampa at this point in his career. 
overwhelmingly a better option for Tom. Well, and the fun part is, like, we do have to recognize if Tom goes to Tampa, it's all in, right? Yeah, they're going to go nuts, man. Yeah, it's it's not like, hey, we're going to trade back or we're going to, like, try to build things for the long term. You are taking advantage of a one, two-year window, and it would be fun to watch. I mean, Bruce is an older head coach, too, so, like, he's not got, he doesn't have time to mess around either. Like right. these guys are, they got intentions here with what they're trying to do if they hook up. Yeah, BA came out of retirement for thirty interceptions and seven pick sixes to do that so. again, or try to draft <laughs> Jordan Love and see if that guy can learn how to read coverage for the first time in four years. Hey, hey, hey! No Jordan Love slander on the podcast. I'm not going to because I've I've said it. I think he's got a reasonable starting point, and I think he has a chance to be a good quarterback. But BA, this point, come on, Mal, this guy has some work he needs. Chris Jones also on the tag official as yeah, of right now. Adam Schefter dropped it. Getting he, traded, you think? He's got to. All right. Let me let me end the podcast on this, Joe, because we're making great timing today. We covered a lot of ground. Yeah. No live sports. NFL free agency is obviously um, something that's going to be a, a thankful distraction for a lot of people throughout the course of this week. But my question for you is more pressing. Have you seen the marble racing video? The marble racing video? No, the marble. Marble. No, I don't think so. I saw a dog jumping into a pile of leaves that really caught my eye. I don't think this video is new, but I'm going to send it to you right now. Oh, boy. In, In lieu of sports, right? Like, folks everywhere are desperate for something competitive to, like, be compelled by. And this got revived. Is this coming in Slack or, or Twitter? It's in Twitter. It's in your Twitter DM. All right. It's here. it's like a hill, and they dug a trench with like two paths that weave in and out. And he's got like twenty marbles at the top, and he pulls the thing, and the marbles start racing down the hill. And you watch like gravity in motion, and you find yourself rooting for like one of the colored marbles. Okay, I'm supposed to push play. Yeah, push play on. All right, here we go. This is two minutes. You, you don't got to watch the whole thing. You'll get the vibe real fast. I'm supposed to have our own emotional feel for these marbles. Just give it a minute. Which one do you like? I mean, I'm just watching the teal one oh, gain okay. a lead here. Okay, so so you're you like the teal one? I don't think I like any of them. I don't feel an emotional connection to any of these marbles. Is there a lot of jostling in position? Um. Not in the lead, not in the lead. Um, I, you know, I, I'm not going to sit here and pretend like I've paid really close attention to what's going on. What else are you doing right now? I'm watching a video. I mean, this is watching a video of the marbles. So you should be able to tell if there's jostling in the position. I'm mostly just focused. Okay. Now this, let's see, look. What happened? I don't know. I don't, I don't, I felt like the, the darker blue one was going to take the lead there. And then it, the teal one got another like boost of energy here. Now there's a maroon one coming up. Oh, okay. Keep going. It's right on its ass. You don't feel any suspense at all. Any captivation with, with a race down the hill, No, especially now that there's different courses that they can take, which changes what happens. And there's no thought process to it. They're freaking marbles. That bothered me. It's like, Oh, it's just chance. The way, way that it bounced completely went the opposite direction of what I hoped it would. Did you think that I was going to just fall in love with a marble and start cheering for it? Yeah. 
did the did the who's in first place right now? Not it's the, I don't know. I, it looks reddish maroon. Oh, so the the teal one lost the lead and it had the lead yeah. the whole time. Now it's in second. And you, you weren't disappointed by that? No, I didn't. I mean, I never oh, cared much my. about it. All right, we're done here. Thanks for listening to Draft Dudes. Uh, I'm not. I'm not taking any takes after this. So send all your hot takes for takes on takes tomorrow at the Joe Marino. I'm not handling them, but I am at grinding the tape on Twitter. Kyle Krabs, Joe Marino. Thanks for listening. We'll talk with you guys tomorrow. Hope you guys enjoy the uh, the break from everything going on with free agency kicking off today at noon. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.